1: You are listening to the best of the Dennis Prager Show. I'm Dennis Prager, and I'm about to pose a very difficult question. Thank you for listening. It's the program where we try to clarify life. Oops. Did you all hear that pen fall? Did you hear that, Sean? Did... Let me try it again. How about that one? Alright, just checking, just checking. How about this... Uh, well, all right, here, here. I'm going to do it from a very low, low altitude. Here it goes. Yeah. All right. All right. Welcome, everybody. You're listening to the Dennis Prager Show, where we combine absurdity with intelligence. <laughs> and uh, the ratio is one that you will have to actually gauge. I won't provide the ratio. <laughs> Thank you, Eva. Thank you for her report on whether she heard it. Ah yes. Pretty much anybody who works with me does become a little silly over time. All right, here's the question. It is super serious and I think I will uh I will provoke some of you to disagreement. That is not my intent. It is to provoke the thought, but that's that's quite all right. And uh, and as so often this subject was prompted by a call from from one of you a uh, an LDS a Mormon woman called and I think she was living she's living in, in 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 California and she wanted to know what I thought about her moving to Salt Lake City, where of course uh, the that is the headquarters, the center of of the Mormon faith, and where a very significant part of the population is Mormon. And she, of course, knows the great benefits of of living amongst those who are similar to you. And I said that while I think it would be, uh, it may easily benefit her raising of her children and it would make life easier for her. It was not better for the world if she moved to Salt Lake City. It was better for society if she remained outside of Salt Lake. And that that brings me to raise a very sensitive issue with you. And the problem with sensitive issues is that they tend to be among the most important issues of life and therefore the least frequently discussed publicly because they are so sensitive. And that is the question of, is it good to live in a community of people like yourself? ethnically and religiously and racially. Or, if better, ethnically or religiously or racially. And while I fully understand the benefits, I think that in the long run it is not good for you and it is not and it is certainly not good for American society. It is not good really for any society. I believe that it is far better even though more difficult to live among a lot of people, a lot of different types than to live in a community of your own. Now there are exceptions such as the first generation of any immigrant community. It is entirely understandable that Chinese coming over will make a Chinatown it is entirely understandable that Poles coming over will live in a Polish part of the city, that Koreans will make a Korea town, that Vietnamese will make a little Saigon, and so on, that, that the Jews who came over in, in large waves after, at the end of the 19th and early 20th century settled in places like the Lower East Side, where you would see signs in Yiddish, as you would see signs in Italian in the Italian area, and signs in Korean in Korean areas, and so on. It is all understandable. Brighton Beach, Brooklyn, is is a, a huge area for Russian Jews. And so you have a lot of Russian signs. But after that first generation, it's not good. It isn't good. And people living only with their own, or overwhelmingly with their own, very, very, very rarely develop. They very rarely can mature... Uh, in ways that I think God wants us to, and we ought to. One of the great problems today, emanating from parts of the Islamic world, are because of the very notion of Muslims should live with Muslims. One of the, re- one of the reasons that we don't have in the United States nearly the problem with the Muslim population that they have in Europe, let alone in the Arab Middle East, is because Muslims in America, like others in America, live among everybody else. That's a huge, huge advantage that this country has. I am against, I am against communities based on race, religion, or ethnicity. It is not a good thing. It's an easy thing, but it isn't a good thing. And I don't care what group you're in, it is not a growth experience, you can easily get a deformed view of the other, and this is true for any group, and every group, my own included, whatever that may be. 1-8 Prager 776, you get to have a very insular view of the world, You you, you get... very inward looking you can uh, make uh, observations about others that you don't you don't really interact with you don't know and it's just not good all righty see what you folks have to say about this never raised it it's a big one Everybody thinks it's an adorable thing or even a wonderful thing. Oh, well, this is where the uh, Chinese community lives. This is where the Jewish community lives. This is where blacks live. I wrote a, I wrote a piece on the, on the black issue. I wrote a, a piece in my syndicated column a couple of years ago, and it was titled, Why My Son's Best Friend is Black. Which is, interestingly, it's, it's there's a certain uh, fascination here, and I have no idea. I think it's purely coincidental, which is just wonderful. It's fine with me. His three best friends are now black. <laughs> it's, you know, I, it, it, there, he will eventually have a close white friend, I'm sure, but it hasn't worked out that way yet. I'm talking about my youngest child. And that is for... And the thesis of my piece was it's because... It'll happen more and more as blacks leave black uh, areas to live in. Now, it is comfortable for a black to live among blacks, comfortable for a Jew to live among Jews. It is comfortable for a Mormon to live among Mormons and Mexicans among Mexicans. It's just not good. All right. Let's hear what you folks have to say. Minneapolis, George. Dennis Prager, 1-8-Prager-776 is the number. Hello, George.
2: Yes, Dennis. This is a values question. And therefore, I would argue that it's good for the individual, that is, the family unit. It's good for the world. And when you argue that, for instance, it's bad for Islam, it's a values question. If you live in a community where the purpose of living in that community is to inculcate good values and to keep out, or that is, insulate against immorality, then...
1: Yeah, that's but that thing. that's fine. I don't mind. I don't have a problem if you have a values-based community. I I probably have a race-based, a religion-based
2: religion-based or... is a values-based. I no, why? Ortho- why you I don't to believe be orthodox Jew, okay? I yeah. live in an orthodox Jew. What how are your
1: values different from that of an evangelical Christian or, or, a, or a good Catholic?
2: Uh, your values, not, not your how...
1: practices, your values.
2: They aren't necessarily different. Well, then
1: then, then how... that knocks out your argument, George.
2: No, it doesn't in terms of, let's say, a religious-based community. And fine, if, they, if, if the evangelical Christians and others of uh, the same value system want to live... Excuse in me, you keep...
1: Excuse me, George. Yes. George, this is a very important uh, discussion, so I'm keeping you on. But listen, you keep interchanging religion and values. Your values... I'd like to know how your values differ from that of a of a good Mormon, a good Catholic, a good evangelical.
2: Okay, I'm not exactly positive. However, from my observation of the, let's say the fundamental or, or more Christian neighbors that I have, who are you know go to church and are very involved with their uh, religion, I'm not sure if you can call them evangelical or not. Doesn't
1: matter. I just gave them as examples. Okay. Fine.
2: But but those people, for instance, they see nothing peculiar about uh, sending their daughter to school in short pants, or nothing peculiar about watching. Let's say uh, so, various, so. So the you've been watching various things on television. Oh, no, no believe me.
1: I, I believe there are far more. Uh, there are. No, I would say probably a similar ratio of religious Jewish and religious Christians homes that don't have a TV, and there are probably more Orthodox Jews who go to R-rated movies than there are Evangelical Christians. <laughs> Do you go to R-rated movies?
2: Uh not very often. I have. Uh, well, yes.
1: all right, Bob. Well, okay, okay. I, I don't think it's wrong. By the way, I'm just I'm just posing that as a question. Back in a moment. 800-500-8384. You are listening to the best of The Dennis Prager Show. You're listening to The Dennis Prager Show. It's one of the most provocative subjects I've ever raised. And it isn't done to be provocative, except in the sense of provoking thought that I that I do believe. But it's it has been germinating in me my whole life, really. And I'm taking a position that is not, I, I don't think it's, it's widely held. Because we so take for granted that there are black communities, Jewish communities, I'm talking geographically, Chinese, Korean, uh, Hispanic, Mexican, you name it. And beyond one generation, I don't think it's a good thing. I don't think it's good for the society. I don't think it is even good for the individuals involved. It is comfortable. It's comfortable to be with people who are just like you. that doesn't make it good so let's um let's let's acknowledge that right now. I'm sorry that George, the orthodox jew in Min- in Minnesota, hung up. I totally understand why you would you, you assumed that we, the, the conversation was over, but i I would have loved to continue and pose more questions to you, but we have uh, a lot of people and from different groups calling in with different views uh, from each other. 1-8-Prager-776, and you can email me through DennisPrager.com. I would love to uh, uh, read your thoughts on this as well. This is not the only time I'm going to visit this subject, because, I, I, listen, I believe in in retaining your distinct religion, your values, but constantly intermingling with others. Because otherwise, let me tell you religiously, and this is what I wanted to say to George, but I'll say, I say this to Jews, I say this to Christians, I say this to anybody of any faith. What happens when you live among your own, I'm talking now religiously, is that much of your religiosity becomes a reaction to what will the other think about me not what is right in God's eyes. It becomes a social thing much more than a religious one. Now, you may say, that's terrific, but I don't think it's terrific. Religion is what is right in God's eyes. It isn't what will my neighbor think if he sees me do X or Y or Z. And so it becomes habit, social habit, rather than religious conviction. All righty, and let's go to uh, some more of your, uh, of your calls in Colorado Springs. Katie, hello, Katie, Dennis Prager.
4: Hi, how are you today?
1: Okay, thank you.
4: Well, my question is, is there ever a good time to go back? I've traveled, I've lived in other countries, but I'm part Hawaiian, part Chinese grew group in Hawaii. And when I go home and go for a visit, I feel completely at ease. I feel like I'm back home. Would not a culture benefit from my views or my experiences, as well as others? Does that make sense?
1: Because well, I would you... give
4: my right arm to take my family back there and live.
1: Yeah, because you're most comfortable back in, in Hawaii.
4: Yes. Yeah. So is there ever a good time to go back? Because I've been out of Hawaii for, you know, over 12 years now. And I've experienced other things. I've lived in Argentina and Guatemala and... Um, I married a white man. <laughs> well,
1: you, you don't have, you don't, you know, you don't really have much of a chance to intermingle with other Hawaiians. It's a small group of people outside of Hawaii. Yes. And so it's understandable that you you, you would long for that. Uh, yes. That, that makes perfect sense. So, I, you know, there's, it's not bad that you want to do that. It's perfectly normal because you don't even have an opportunity. See, when when i talk about uh the the these issues w- in in this discussion i'm okay. assuming that people could still relate to people like themselves mhm uh but you don't have that you know that much of an opportunity yeah do you have do you have children
4: i have 3 children
1: yeah now i don't know if they'd be that comfortable back in hawaii
4: no i that is a concern because they're very um white looking <laughs> So they may well, not fit well, in. <laughs> right.
1: Okay. Well, that's sad, too, because, you know, the idea that you, you have to look like a group, That mm-hmm. see, that's the beauty of America. How you look doesn't matter. Yeah. But, but in, in, a, in, in, in most places in the world, it does. So, you, look, you have opted. You have wanted the freedom to leave Hawaii. You weren't forced to leave, right?
4: No, I was not. Okay. <laughs> so,
1: my dear Katie, <laughs> you are now suffering... From the decision to be a free human being. Yes, I am. Okay, my dear. Thank you very much. <laughs> That's right. I've always said that uh, Adam and Eve opted to leave the garden. We think that they were thrown out, but in fact, I am convinced that they opted to leave. Uh, Eli in Baltimore. Hi, Dennis Prager. Thanks for calling.
5: Hi, how are you? Okay, thanks. i am listening to your show for a while, and I basically want to pick up with the uh, other caller lift up the, uh, you know, the Orthodox Jewish, you see, I don't, I'm not married, and I don't have any kids, but uh, if I'm an Orthodox Jew, and, you know, I want my kids not to expose, you know, let's say, to non-kosher food, or like, you know, if they, I'm sure you're very familiar with, you know, Jewish religion, I'm sure they don't want... I
1: I am a religious Jew, and I keep kosher, but I, but if if my, my, my kids will be exposed and have been exposed to people who don't keep kosher, of course.
5: Right. So, okay, fine. Let me ask you a question. If he, you know, if if I have a five-year-old kid, why should I, you know, create this confusion? It's not confusion.
1: Why is it confusing?
5: Because when he goes to his neighbor's house, you know, he keeps kosher. He doesn't keep
1: kosher. It's not confusing at all. But it's not confusing. You tell him they don't keep kosher. They're not Jewish, or they're not religious Jews, or they're not practicing Jews. Whatever term you wish to use, we are, and and that's the way it is.
5: Right, and what guarantees that your kid is going to keep kosher when you see this front right if their you're their right so first. good
1: good let me respond it's a very important question here is the answer if what you want my dear friends is guarantees then live in self-imposed ghettos if you want an enriched mature member of your faith then you have to take the gamble that freedom allows for it The purpose of life is not to have guarantees. The purpose of life is to maintain your value system without hiding from humanity. Because I believe that your values will deteriorate in any event if other people become abstractions and they are not real. But that is a philosophical question that people have to ask. very important that you called and I appreciate it. Okay, let's go to Spicewood, Texas, and Wayne. Hello, Wayne, Dennis Prager.
2: yeah, Dennis. Uh, I think you said it more eloquently just now than uh than I would have, but uh, my my point was that I think the greatest danger to living uh, isolated is that steel upon steel sharpening effect, in that probably at least in a generation at the most too, you would have children who who as as you've said, simply because they live in comfort. Then, would not be able to deal with the uncomfort. Yes, exactly. Of and
1: then, why uh, exactly? So, in the last question, the child will keep kosher because he doesn't know anything else, not because he's committed to it. That's exactly it. Thank you, Wayne. You said it well too. That is exactly right. Do you want your children to be to to be at any price what you what you want them to be, or do you want them to grow and still be? Committed to the best that you know they could be committed to. We'll be back in a moment. I'm Dennis Prager. Call Nick at 800-221-7694, 800-221-7694, AmericanFederal.com, AmericanFederal.com. You are listening to the best of the Dennis Prager Show. You're listening to the Dennis Prager Show. Some things you learn as you get older, every one of you knows that. And something that I've only begun to really seriously think about in the last, I don't know, perhaps 10 years of my life, is that by and large, recognizing some real advantages, I think there are more disadvantages to living amongst only your own or overwhelmingly your own than living... I'm talking about Americans in America right now. I can t- talk about internationally, too, but, but let's talk about America. We get a big kick out of Chinatown and Koreatown and in the Jewish section and the Italian section and the, the black uh, area and whatever area. By and large, it is... I I think that it does not bring out the best in people. Of course, by and large means sometimes it does. I understand the comfort... Of living among people who look like you, or act like you, or pray like you, uh, but it is uh, and and it is important to associate with such people. But uh, it is not to the benefit of society, or to your benefit, or even that of your group. It is uh, it is no coincidence that so often uh, it is outside of the insular community that the greatest achievements are made by individuals in that community it it it, uh, it happens frequently i think of moses the greatest jew who ever lived for for jew in jewish in in the in the jewish perspective at any rate obviously christians would hold that jesus was the greatest jew who ever lived but but uh, moses is certainly deeply revered by christians as well and of course Moses grew up an egyptian and then and and then lived uh, with um, midianites and then became the great jewish leader you, you, it's when you grow up only with your own you don't grow up much i'm, I'm not meant to insult anybody not at all it, it's just that's almost a law of life though all righty. 1-8 Prager 776. Let's go to Pastor, Pastor Glenn in Simi Valley, California. Hi, Glenn. Hi, Dennis. How you doing? Good, thanks.
6: Uh, listen, in uh, both Christians and Jews, uh, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said that we're to be the salt and light of the world, and that means we have to get into the world. And in Jeremiah 29, uh, in the middle of the Babylonian captivity... Uh, Jeremiah gives him some advice and he says build houses and take wives become fathers and sons and seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and uh, that seems to be you know if we, if we don't get into the city
0: we can't be a blessing to them
1: I couldn't agree more it's great to hear from you that, that how, how are you as I, I address this especially to to Jews and Christians how are you supposed to be a light unto nations, how are you supposed to influence people if you don't live among them? This notion, well, we'll build a beautiful insular world and the world will then see how great we are, is, is romantic nonsense. It doesn't work. It hasn't worked. People don't see you. When you hide from the world, you're hidden. It's the way it is. All righty. Uh, let's go to uh, Don in Santa Ana, California. Don Dennis Prager. Hi. Hi
6: Dennis. Uh, you're just great. Thank you. Anyways, uh just to give you a little background of me. I was born in South Central and, and stayed there till kindergarten. Um, moved to San Francisco near the Second Chinatown. I own a timeshare in Lake Tahoe. Wait, are are you, are you black? I'm no, I'm Filipino.
1: You're a Filipino who grew up in South Central LA, which well, is Was born is,
6: there till kindergarten.
1: So. Oh, okay. All right. All right. So you so you till kindergarten you lived in a, in a largely black area. Is right. that what you're saying? Yeah, I was the only just, non-black okay. in my... Uh, okay, class. fair. And then go on.
6: And I own a timeshare in Tahoe, in Lake Tahoe. Yeah. So uh, when I go there, I'm, you know, basically the only Asian there. Right. And uh, I was in the Army. So, and I went to university. So I, I've seen all, all flavors of integration and homogeneity and non-homogeneity. And I just, I think you're a little overboard, <laughs> to be honest. And, and I'll give you an example. If, if I want good Chinese food, I don't go to the
1: suburbs. You know, I go right. to whatever country in that that, a- area. Not only that, you're right. You're right. And remember, I said there. I fully recognize real advantages uh, to having uh, insulated communities. Right. There is there there. It, we are richer for a Chinatown. Well,
6: they're almost like sacrificial but, lambs. We have to have them to be richer, but we can't just,
1: you know, stay there. Yes, you can't just stay there that's right I think you and I are in full agreement and anyway what I'm saying I know that not everybody is going to say you know what Dennis is right I'm leaving I'm leaving I'm going to move wherever you you know uh, to a a mixed community but if half the people do we will have a great advantage we return in a moment you're listening to the Dennis Prager show I, as you may know, I'm very interested in food and nutrition. I do, I do daily fasting. I'm a big believer in eating healthfully. So Uprising's mission is to, in their words, liberate us from a broken food system. And they've cracked the code on healthy bread. This is, I don't know of anything this healthy that also tastes good and that is this fresh. Two net carbs per serving. That's it. It's basically nothing. Six grams of protein, nine grams of fiber. Now you'd think, how's that going to taste? Well, they have different flavors. I find some of them absolutely delicious. They cover paleo to clean keto, to simple low-carb, to high-fiber, to dairy-free, to grain-free in your diet. So I strongly suggest that you try them. They have now have what they call Freedom Chips. Go to uprisingfood.com and use the code Prager to get $10 off the starter bundle. It's like a mini-trip to the grocery store minus all the unhealthy distractions. They ship directly to your door, uprisingfood.com, code... Prager for $10 off your order. You're listening to The Dennis Prager Show, a challenge to uh, many of you here, something that I have been thinking about now more and more as the years go by, and that is I am not happy about large numbers of any group living overwhelmingly amongst other members of their groups. Uh, It's not good for the individual's growth, and it's certainly not good for society. Blacks living among blacks, Jews living among Jews, Italians among Italians, Mexicans among Mexicans. the, the The sum of all of that is not a better individual or a better society, with the understanding that there are a lot of comfortable and even wonderful things involved in just living amongst your own. Oh boy, I was just. Why does that happen? They, Alicia, in whatever city you were. I hope you can get back in. I was just about to take your call. <laughs> I guess you don't warn Eva that you're going to hang up. So then I don't. I have no idea. That's the way it goes. Because when I, when I, oh, I really want a certain call, I really want a certain call. Uh, but if you can get back in, one eight Prager seven seven six. And let's go to Emily. Emily in Cleveland. Hello, Emily. Dennis Prager.
3: Hi, Dennis. I have to say that I disagree with you to an extent. Um, Uh I just want to let it be known first that my husband and I are both converts to Orthodox Judaism. Uh And we are an interracial couple. So we kind of have a unique situation going already. With now, both wait,
1: you were, both, you were both not born Jewish?
3: We were both born into a Catholic family.
1: Okay, and you both converted to do it. Right. You see, your child is not happy about this.
3: He is not happy right now. Um, we also spent a lot of time, we, we met and lived in Brooklyn, New York for three years. I'm not going to say what area, but it was a Hasidic enclave. Why, wouldn't you, say
1: what, why wouldn't you say, I don't care, but why wouldn't you say what area?
3: Um, I, really, I just don't want to bring a bad name
1: Okay, uh, fine. Go ahead. Group. So, you, so it, what it was a somewhat hermetically sealed, ultra-orthodox environment.
3: Very much so. Go ahead. And the truth is, it, there was there was a pressure cooker. A pressure cooker. There was more ethnocentrism and racism amongst the Jews there, and amongst the blacks. If I stepped outside our little Jewish enclave. I was really setting myself up for potentially... Right, and there, there there's there's,
1: and a, there's an ultra-Orthodox enclave, and there's a, a black enclave.
3: Right, so both sides had, had their incredible positives. One of the reasons
1: of the... I left New York City, where I where I lived my first 27 years, was because New York City is essentially enclaves. Right. It is the most insular city in America, ironically. It thinks it's the most cosmopolitan, but right. I think it's the most insular.
3: Absolutely, but I also have to say that now we've moved out, and we live in a more normal city, thank God. And I have to say, though, that we do need to live amongst Orthodox Jews. I would never want to live in a monolithic community ever again. I want my children to feel comfortable not only with our own multi-ethnic, multi-religious family, but also with, you know, our neighbors. But we need to have a lot of Orthodox Jews around us for the mikvah, for
1: schools, for kosher But meetings. But it's not true. You don't. Uh, how, do, how do you think Chabad rabbis in Anchorage, Alaska uh, function?
3: Well, the first thing they do is they build a mikvah.
1: Yeah, but the, the, but you, you didn't answer my question. You've only you've only answered it in my favor. It is obviously possible to be an Orthodox Jew oh, and no, not, not live in an Orthodox impossible. Jewish community.
3: I'm not saying it's impossible at all. It's very possible. And that I'm, I'm saying
1: that is, that is that is wonderful for that Jew and that is wonderful for the non-Jews amongst whom he lives.
3: But it is it is very very hard. Dennis. Yes, but so is the per- it's the you're right. Impossible.
1: So the wait 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 wait. wait. The, so the question, Emily, is is the purpose of life to have it easy. You know what? You have no argument against those who opt not to have children.
3: No. Because I,
1: it's much easier not having children than having children.
3: Listen, I I I agree with you on an extent. It is our job, like I said, to be an amongst um, the light amongst the nations. We are meant to go out. I would never ever discourage my son from having Right, and let friend. me tell you okay. that the okay. ultra
1: the ultra orthodox Jews whom you left in Brooklyn right. look at you living in Cleveland. They look at me like a freak. I know exactly. So just be aware of that. It's very very relative. I'm delighted you called, and it's a very big issue. I know for Orthodox Jews, and this is a challenge. It's it's no it's no trick to be Orthodox when everybody around you is. It's no trick to be to be evangelical when everybody around you is, or to be Mormon when everybody around you is, or to be Muslim when everybody around you is. It's like breathing. It's its effortless. 1-8 Prager 776. We go to uh, Vladimir in Minneapolis. Hello, Vladimir. Uh, hi, Dennis. Hi. Hi,
6: Dennis. Thank you for taking my call.
1: Thank you. Hi.
6: Uh... I kind of uh, disturb your statement about uh, what's good for the person is not necessarily good for society. No, what's
1: comfortable for the person. And, and you're right, even what's good for the person. It may be good for you. I'm sorry to interrupt. I know I am. Sure, sure. It, yeah. give you, let me just give you an example. I'll go back to the children. It okay. may be much better for you not to have children. You can eat out. You can travel. You don't have any uh, problems that children will bring to your life, but it is much worse for society if you don't have children.
6: Yeah, but it's still my personal choice. If of course it is. Obviously not. it is. And, uh, and why I disturbed your statement? The next um, statement would be if society should act just to enforce what's good for society. No,
1: I didn't say enforce it. I'm, no. This is a totally yes, voluntary thing I'm asking. I'm not, I would never force you to live anywhere, Vladimir.
6: No, I understand that. But see, unfortunately, uh, our history of the world is not only in history of the United States. And if he, even if you're saying you were, you're concerned only with the United States, in Russia, the huge number of people were moved because it was thought... It was you're right. Society. It was
1: forced, Vladimir. It was forced. I so understand where you're coming from because that's my Soviet history is my field. I, you are so sensitive to the idea of better for society than the individual because the Soviets made a totalitarian state out of that idea. But, Vladimir, everything I am saying, everything, is voluntary... Utterly, totally voluntary. Also, you're a freer person when you live among a lot of people than when you live only among your own because of the enforced social stigma of doing anything differently. Again, I'm happy you called too. But it is not, I, God, you, I hate what the Soviet Union created. I hate it. This is the opposite. All righty, let's go to uh, Joe in Philadelphia. Joe, Dennis Prager, hi. Mr. Prager, it's a
2: pleasure to talk to you. I listen to you all the time. Thank you. Philadelphia, where I'm from, is a very segregated city. It's completely segregated, not only by
6: race and and religion, but by financial reasons, too. And I think your idea where people live together is absolutely way out of league. I mean, you can't
2: have billionaires living next to guys. You're
1: right. You're right. You can't. Of course, because the real estate prices don't allow for it. I've never mentioned class. There's nothing I can do about that. I am not going to ask somebody who lives in a million-dollar home to go into a a, a portion of the city and live uh, with $200,000 homes. That, 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 That I understand. We'll be back in a moment. Let me be as direct as possible. I don't think it is good for society or good for individuals, although it is comfortable. It is much, much more comfortable, but it is neither good for the individual nor good for society. As a general rule, there are always exceptions to grow up, not to grow up, I take that back, to live amongst your own alone, religiously, ethnically, or racially. That is my that is my proposition to you. Uh, it, is the, it is not the American ideal, and it is not the human ideal, in my opinion. Amiri, is that how you pronounce your name in Arlington, Texas?
2: No, it's Amir.
1: Amir, okay? Hi. Yes.
2: Hey, I wanted to agree with you um, because of me growing up, I lived in the all-black community in Detroit, Michigan. And basically, I played hockey and traveled around the world and dealt with a lot of different cultures playing hockey. And it has helped me grow a whole lot because you know how to interact and respect other people's ideas, beliefs, and views.
1: You are you are m- my ideal, Amir. You are my that's exactly right. It is not good for blacks to have large insular black communities, not good for Jews to have large insular Jewish communities, for Mexicans to have large insular Mexican communities, there is no exception to my rule. None. There is far more racism among blacks who only live among blacks or whites who only live only among whites. That's the way it is. Uh thank you Amir Milad in Atlanta Dennis Prager hi.
2: Uh, hi, Dennis. Thank you for taking my call. Basically, I'm Christian, and I grew up back in the 60s with a Jewish family in my own town. And I used to light the candles for them, or light the fire, rather, on Friday nights and Saturday morning. So we had an affection and understanding towards each other. After all these wars, I still have an affection for my fellow Jews, regardless of what people, what the world have to say, and this is what brings the peace together. Yep. When people don't live together, uh, rather they understand the other side, and uh, I believe this is uh, the only way to. God uh, bless you
1: too, Milad. God bless you. Let me say a final word here because a lot of you in the Jewish community, or among Christians, or Mormons, or what have you, are afraid. Well, if we live among other people, we'll lose our religious identity, or our children will. Then let me tell you something. If that's the case then it wasn't very strong to begin with. If your faith cannot withstand the interaction with members of other faiths, then that's not faith. That's habit. And a lot of religion has become habit rather than values or faith. Please think about it. It's a very, very big deal. It's taken me a long time to realize this because it goes so against uh, the world in which I grew up, but I am, I am beyond convinced that it is better for everyone to interrelate inter- with everyone while maintaining your specific identity. You're listening to The Dennis Prager Show.